Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, where we believe that choosing to go all in is the only way to create true freedom in your business and life. Now join your hosts, Brent Duhane, Dr. Joseph Kay, and Brandon Straza, as they talk to industry leaders, veteran CEOs, and cutting edge entrepreneurs about the tough decisions they made on their way to success. This is Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business Barriers. I'm your co-host, Brandon Straza, also known as The Real Naked Agent, along with... Dr. Joseph K. And Brent Duhame, along with... Today, we have got Jason Shute. He is the number one tour guide in the greater LA area. He is, as they say, the celebrity spotting guide. And Brent and I, on our last trip to prison, that uh, if you haven't heard the episode, check out the previous one, and we'll get to hear our experience through that. And Joseph, who interviewed us, but we were fortunate to get to meet Jason and hear about his previous life experiences. And then the cool thing was, man, he's got an unbelievable entrepreneurial spirit. And Brent knew right then and there that we had to uh, that we had to have him on the show because. It's really about the, the everyday person that is an entrepreneur and how they can find ways to give back and help you realize what your potential is. So Jason, I'm going to turn it over to you, kind of give us a little bit of your background and why we gravitated to you so much. Well, uh, I don't know. I was born and I was raised in the system. My, my um, parents were alcoholic addicts. I was taken away at birth, so I was raised in the system. Um, I was adopted by a family at the age of four that couldn't have kids. And then they ended up miraculously having two two twin girls. So I kind of wasn't part of their plan anymore. So they sent me into the system, and that's where I stayed for a long time. I actually um, was watching a TV show called the Geraldo Rivera back in the late 80s, and it was about Hollywood runaway kids. So when I seen that show, I kind of like, oh, that's where I need to be, and I ran away to Hollywood. In 1989, I was 10 years old, and that's how I stayed ever since. Wow. Um, and Geraldo and that, Rivera had something to do with this. That is, uh, I didn't yeah, see that one coming, Geraldo but. Uh, ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Geraldo Rivera. All right, so listen, kind of take yourself and fast forward to you, you ran away to Hollywood, and what, what kind of happened from there? Jason? Well, Jason, will jump back on. So what Jason had just told us at age 10, so he, he was raised in a cult, the system, without uh, the, the typical family background. And all of a sudden, you know, at age 10, he hears or watches a TV show uh, with Geraldo and about Hollywood. And, and he makes a decision at age 10 to escape, right? What he was doing. And I'm not sure if Jason's back on yet, but uh, just in yep. quick summary. All right, there he is. We got you back, Jason. So take it from there. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I just ran away to the streets and um, first met there were cool or some uh, hookers, I guess. <laughs> and they took me in when I was doing out there. I didn't run away by myself. I ran away with another guy, another kid. And uh, just right away, he got involved in the street lifestyle and smoking crack cocaine and doing drugs, whatever goes along with being a street kid out here, you know. And then um, just progressed into juvenile hall, prison, county jail, my whole entire life in and out of prison and jail. So, yeah, that's pretty much 
<clears throat> and then, uh, I don't know, I'm 35 years now, so that went on for about 25 years. I've always wanted to change my life and get my life back together. But the thing about the system is in here in California, I'm pretty sure it's the same way a lot of places is like uh, when you when you get released from jail or prison, you know, they just drop you off to the bus stop with a couple hundred dollars and tell you to, uh, to get out of here. And when you, have, when you have no family and no place to go, there's only one option to do, and that's go back to what you know, you know. So I struggled with that for years and years. And uh, I went to this program in, um, here in L.A. It's called Delancey Street. And most people that are there, uh, they're sentenced there. They're sentenced to 25 years, 10 years, whatever amount of time in prison. But the judge lets them go there at one last chance. If they don't complete the program, then they get 25 years or whatever their sentence. When I finished my prison time and I went there on my own and I stayed there for 26 months, and uh, I promised, I told myself that um, I'm going to stay here no matter how hard it is. And it was a really hard program for me, actually, because I actually had to listen to people and do what they told me and, and work. Stuff I never did before, you know. So uh, that's actually where I got my commercial driver's license at, to be able to do the job that I do now. And um, so I, I left that place in 2014, and I've been doing, like, fantastic since then, you know. Jason, how scary or not was it when, you know, you've been, you've known the system, well, let's just call it the system. I've learned a little bit over the last month, you know, as I shared and Brandon shared with you our experience, but how scary was it when all of a sudden you're, you're out there, there's no cages around, no bars around, no, no barbed wire. Uh, you got a couple of bucks in your pocket, but you're released. How scary was that? Well, it's actually, it's, it's scary all the way up until you're released because, you know, in your, in your head, in your minds, you're like, you want to change, you want to do good, you want to get out there. But the thing is, is, you know, like once you get out there, you know, it's like, like, fuck, what am I going to do now? Like, like, I know no matter what, I'm going back to prison. Well, as soon as I get out of jail, before I get out of jail, it's kind of like a joke in there for some of us that have nothing going on. We kind of like, tell each other how long you think you're gonna last this time you know and it's a, it's a revolving cycle so when when that when that situation when that happens it is, and i always knew i was coming back it was just a matter of when how long before i got on drugs again and and how bad would it get you know the more desperate you are the more you know wild and take chances you get right. I, Go ahead, I, Doc. I, yeah i'm sorry uh this this is joseph i I've worked in places like that, uh, group homes or recovery programs. Uh, I, I managed a series of clinics that worked with people that just came out of state prison uh, and that also had substance abuse problems and some mental health issues. And even a really good program, a really good one, has a success rate of maybe like five or 8%. Uh, and by, yeah. your, by your accounts, you've been out for a couple of years now, so you're absolutely in that very small percentage of people that that makes it. You know, what to what do you attribute to what do you attribute that? Why did it work for well, you? I've actually, I've actually been in a lot of halfway houses and um, drug programs and all that stuff too, but I just never made it through it. But my tribute is my determination to um, have a life. My my determination is, is I don't want to be. Um, a, a statistic. I, I want to be a success story. Um, sure. I have no family. I never had family, and I've always, you know, in prison. What I do, what people, a lot of people do, is 
you know, you watch those sitcoms on TV and you wish you had a life like that. And how so and then a lot of people around me that I grew up on, it's just like they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I've always wanted more for myself. I just didn't have the tools. I didn't know how. I never worked. I didn't, I have no job skills. I have no education. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I need the tools. Like, I need someone to get me in. Yeah, you're 100% right. Like, you mentioned that right away. You walked out of that program with an incredibly valuable tool. You had a commercial driver's license. You know, that's, yeah. that's a tool. When you, a lot of programs and stuff you go to, drug programs, whatever type of programs, you know, they're 30 days, they're 90-day programs. That's not enough time to, you know, really reprogram someone's mind and, like, get them the right skills and stuff to, to go out there and – uh to the workforce or whatever you know yeah right on and brandon you know you you've been part of the defy program for almost a year now and you saw the front end of it brandon uh your thoughts yeah um everything jason's saying it just it holds a different weight on there jason just because you've you've been in now you told us that hey you've been in chino you've been in several other systems because you were part of the system you were part of a system that is not there to help and not 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 to make you better and not to allow you to give back in what you wanted but one of the things that you said is you realized you wanted more for yourself and that is like yeah. that is the best thing right there to, to say is I want more, I deserve more, but I've got to do something and own it. And that's what you've done. So let me, let me ask you, Jason, what was the point when you realized I need to do something and own some of this right here? My past doesn't have to be my present. And what was that turning point when you sat there and said, I want to go out there, have a trade. And then when did you really start going into that entrepreneurial spirit and saying, Hey, I want to go create my own, my own company. Well, so, um, you know, a lot of times when, um, uh, well, so I kind of lost half the question that you asked. Yeah, me, no but. problem. Hey, yeah. So what, what was the point when, when you realized that you need to be responsible and not allow your past to become your present, you made that change. What was that turning point for you, that breaking point for you to make that change? And then from there, when did you realize that you wanted to own your own business and have that entrepreneurial mindset? So every time you go to prison, the one thing a person does when they go to prison is they don't want to get out of prison and go inside of another place like a bro program or and it's uh, uh you know like at the place the place i was at delante street they want to go out have their freedom so i would always tell myself okay i learned my lesson i'm gonna get out and I'm get this time but i would just go out there and try to do it on my own i try to do it on my own i can't do it on my own you know i, I would always fail and then when i went to Delancey street and i stayed there and i got this job and i found something out really good at. like who would have ever thought me you know growing up in hollywood being a hollywood tour bus driver and I became really good. People always request me. People always laughed and liked and talked about my tour. And they want to follow me on social media. And I have a lot of requests. And uh, so a lot of these different companies, they want me to work with them, you know. So, But a lot of these companies, uh, they're not like, um, you know, they're pretty greedy owners and stuff. And um, you don't really care about his money. They don't care about the drivers really too much. We're just tools to them. They don't care about the customers. They just want to fill seats up. So I helped start another company, like just as a driver, though, you know, and I trained my brought drivers and trained them and, um, you know, let, let them use my, um, 
let them use my uh, all my celebrity videos as advertisements. You know, I, I put in a lot of work, like sacrificed a lot of extra money trying to build something, you know. But, and then um, it got big and it became successful. We were like the number one company, one of the top companies we still are. Everybody wants to work with you. We actually have way too many drivers now to where it's like, you know what I mean? But now it's like, um, I'm just still, I'm still just a driver. I'm still just, uh, you know, I do the same thing everyone says. I don't have no special privileges. And I was like, man, I need to do this myself, you know? Because these guys, you're still making money. And, uh, you know, I want to make money and help people. I want to hire people like me. But these guys are just like, you know, I see, um, I'm trying to build a life for myself. You know, I still live in an apartment. I mean, all my credit cards are paid, all my car, my, my truck's paid, everything's paid, but I'm trying to build up. So, you know, I need to start my own business if I want to be able to, um, you know, live, live the life that I've always dreamt of living, like owning a home, you know, a family of my own, be able to take care of them. Just, uh, you know, it just makes me feel good. Plus, I want to be able to help people. I want to give to them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge right there. Like what you're saying, Jason, is you want to give back. You want to help people that have been in similar situa situations that have not been afforded a, a real chance, an opportunity to build a business, build a company. Let me ask you this. And I think a lot of times we just don't ask for help. Okay. I, I know I, I, I don't myself. If you were to need help in one main area to get your business going and what you already know, you know the ins and outs of it. So it's not like you don't have that business plan. What, what do you need help with right now? Um, I don't know. Like, um, like I have a, I have a little bit of savings pretty much. What I did was is I, the last two years is I paid up all my freaking debt, every single thing. I'm like, I'm literally like $300 in debt my entire life because I don't want to go into something like that. So, now I worked hard this summer and I saved up maybe like, I don't know, I have a good amount of money. I got like 15 grand, but that's nice. like I need to buy vehicles. I need to buy, yeah, that's the most money I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you know, legally, legally, right? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I need like two vans. I need a, it's like, I got to buy, get a website. I, I have to find a location which doesn't really have to be a, a storefront. Like in, 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 I can, uh, pay a business of $500,000 a month just to hang outside and let people use the bathroom or something like that. You know, it's much like little stuff that's going to add up. The insurance is like $600 a month, you know, just like, um, I don't know. It's just like, I have a, another friend that's going to go on and have with me too, but just the vehicle really is like the biggest thing, you know, getting the vehicles. Cause once you have the, the van, once I have the van and then it's like a real thing, you know, it's like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, that's right, Jason. So you've, you know, you've got a plan, at least mentally. And when we visited here almost a month ago, you, you very much orchestrated that on what you want to do in, in terms of being in business for yourself. Let's dial that clock back a little bit, because I think there's a lot to be learned from your story, not just someone who, who grew up on the, on the really, really a tough road which is an amazing story in itself. By the way, I think you should write a book and we'll talk about that at another point. I really do believe you should do that. But, you know, we have, you have uh, three other gentlemen on this, on this uh, podcast, you know, between Brandon, Doc and myself that are parents. Uh, we could, you know, 
who's to say that any one of our kids couldn't be on that track that you followed? Maybe not exactly, but is there any advice that you could give to us as parents or to our kids? And our kids range in, in age, it doesn't really matter, but can you give us some advice on yeah. that? Well, the number one thing is, and I was just talking to this about my friend the other day, I said, I, I wish kids would actually listen to what grown-ups tell them. Because if you listen to what grown-ups tell them, we've been through that. We're trying to help people avoid looking or seeing mistakes. And then another thing, too, is like, um, with the parents, like, uh, let's say, for instance, me, you know, I wasn't, um, I was born with, under the influence, I had a little bit of behavior problems, but you know, just be patient and um, stick with them. Like they get through it. You know, the more you push him away and make make a kid feel like he's a piece of shit, the more he's gonna act like a piece of shit. You know, like that's the way I felt. Like I felt like um, you know, because I'm I, I no matter how long I was in the streets, I was always a good person. Still, you know, that's probably one of my weaknesses being in the streets. Always being a good guy and like, looking out for people. But you know, it's, uh, it's hard, man. Like. Just have to be patient with the kids, and the kids need to listen to grown ups. Yeah, that's a big, that's definitely a big thing right there is the kids listening to the grownups because we probably didn't listen to our parents and it's like a vicious cycle. Let me ask you something real quick here, Jason. Like, you know what I've done before too is, um, you know, like I had a girl parent, I, I, the kid was a brat. You know what I did is I took her to LA, I got out, we bought some tears, and I took her on, and she was crying all scared. Like, look at these kids out here in these. Yeah. No, I, Jason, can you hear me? Yeah. Let me let me ask you a question because I think your advice, um, not only to kids, to parents, to people that have been in and out of the system, and just your your everyday person that's listening to this, this might sound like a you know something you weren't ready for, but hey, if I were to ask you, what is your superpower? Since you have made the changes in your life. What's your superpower right now if you were to have one? Um, I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> no, not about, okay, so, you know, when I see other people doing certain things and I try to give them advice and they don't listen to me, I always end up being right. That's that's what that's what I mean by that, you know, not not I'm always right about everything. It's just like, when I'm, I'm, a, I'm like everybody's big brother. Some people call me dad when I tell them stuff, but everybody knows I'm looking out for the best interest because I'm always like, oh, you're not drinking and driving, are you? Hey, did you take care of this? You should do this. Like, I'm always trying to help people, like, you know, so, I don't know. I like to kind of push me off a little bit, kind of superpower. I never thought about having superpowers. I, I actually have a question. I'm, I'm always really interested in decision making like if we have kind of a a little area that we're that we always kind of return my, my thing on the show is always about decision making and <clears throat> tell me if i'm wrong here but it seems like for much of your life growing up in the system growing up uh with a lot of um systemic oversight you've had a lot of decisions made for you up until recently and Striking out on your own, starting your own business is the ultimate in autonomy. You want to make your own decisions. How, how do you think you're going to shift gears and go towards being the, the primary decision maker? And how do you think you're going to make those decisions? So I've always made my own decisions my entire life, except okay. when I'm incarcerated. You know, I know what I'm doing. I know what the consequences are. Uh, I think about it ahead of time. I just hope I don't get caught. 
in okay. prison, they, I'm incarcerated, of course. You know, they decide when I eat, when all that stuff. That's the only time. I'm a, I've, I've been a leader and I've done my own thing my entire life. And I'm, I'm very, like, responsible when it comes to my things. And um, even at work, I don't own this business. Um, I don't. I don't have a supervisor position, but I'm still like, you know, I'm still kind of like a bossy guy, making sure that these guys are doing this. I give people advice, you know, if they get a bad review, like I tell them what to do better. I'm, I'm telling the boss what he needs to do. You know, I help build this up. So I'm already have it in me to do that. I've done that before in prison, you know, like <clears throat> for instance, this is not really like something to brag about in prison. You know, you go to prison, you know, you're in a dorm or you're in a yard. There's people that are chosen to run those yards for your people or represent your people. I've been in those positions before where you have to be able to talk to people, you have to be able to make decisions. And sometimes those decisions are, are uh, not good decisions. You know, like there's stuff that you have to do. You have to go along with the flow of uh, what's going on inside, you know, a prison or a jail or whatever. But so I've always been like that my whole life, decision maker, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you make your decisions? Do you make decisions with your head or your heart? Uh, mostly my head, but it depends on what my heart, you know, like what I feel is right. or I, Well, my heart, because the thing is, like when it comes to this type of stuff, I'm always for like uh, giving people the best experience, you know, the tour. I've never given a bad tour in my life. You know, I've given better tours than other days, but I've never given a bad tour. I can't do that. You know, even though like I have one person in the bus that might not take me, or I have 20 people on the bus that will. I still give good tour. Um, I'm just a good person. I want everybody that comes through here to have a good experience with, uh, from the time they get here to the time they leave. You know, and it doesn't nice. even really uh, it, it benefits so, my boss more than it benefits me. But you know, when I have my own business, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. And you want to own your own business, and and uh, you've been building and learning. Um, there in LA and there's no doubt that you'll be successful. I do have a question for you and, and, and this really comes from my, uh, some family members that uh, have suffered in my own family from some violent crimes that uh, involved just really bad stuff. And I have to, I, I have to tell you that Jason, you, you, you've been with people that, um, that were really, really hardened you know whatever they did is there is there any advice because you know here you know um i i got a little criticism um not not bad but i got some criticism from some folks that said hey why'd you go to kern you know there's a bunch of pieces of shit out there and to to be blunt um can you give can you shed a little light on that because i think it's really important my friend and it's what what I think attracted you know us to you and and uh, what you're doing. But hey, there's some good people out there, right? That want to do right after they've done wrong. Are you uh, the what? What they're saying is because probably the the yard that you went to, where they allowed you to go and interact with the mates like that, is a protective custody yard, uh, which is now called Weed Yard. That's why they said. You went there where there's pieces of shit. That's what they call those people in the, in the institution. Um, every prison now, especially now in California, they all have a piece of shit yard or a PC yard or a protective custody yard, you know? Um, that's probably what they were meaning by that when you went there. But, like, that's, you know, all those, some of those guys are uh, pieces of shit. They're uh, sex offenders. 
convicted of their homies. Uh, they committed crimes, or they got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of them have drug debts. You know, when they in prison, there's a lot of drugs, and people get hooked on drugs, and they can't pay their debt. They go, they, they PC up. You know, so that's probably what they're referring to as pieces of shit. Um, you know, everybody has a story, I think, and um, you know, like anybody, so I get to really know them. And that's what they were talking about when they said that. Right. And you know what? You, you, you're probably spot on. And, and and I may have got a little defensive on it because I met a lot of yeah. really super bright people there that for whatever reason, you know, beforehand, and I didn't, I'm not there to judge anyone, but uh, yeah, yeah. Brandon and I were there and along with um, uh, 17, I think, seven, 16 or 17 others. And we're not there to judge. We're there. We were there to be part of a uh, a process or solution. So thank you for saying that. And it means a lot yeah. to me. And I think maybe some of my personal family on what it is that, that uh, we experienced, my friend. Yeah. So you know um, uh, the way the way the California prison system is is um, so if. You, if if you get uh, sentenced to prison for 20 years with the possibility of parole, you will never, ever, 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 ever get out of prison unless you drop out and you and you and you, uh, and, you and you get off the main line. You have to pretty much go into protective custody uh, to them that you're done with that lifestyle because as long as you're on a main line, you're still living that lifestyle because you're abiding by the rules that are set by whoever is on. You know what I'm saying? So. That's what it. That's what it is. But you know what? People that that been in prison for a long time and they're tired of the politics and all the stuff. You know, I was I was never on one of those yards. I was always a mainline guy. But when I got out of prison and over these last five years that I've changed, my mind has changed. Everything about me has changed, and now I look back on that life like it was a freaking joke. You know, like what the heck was I thinking? It was freaking stupid. I even see other guys that kind of look like me, and I kind of like laugh at it. I couldn't believe that I used to walk like that or talk like that. You know, it's just like a whole. I've completely changed, but that's where that a lot of that came from. Probably when they made those comments to you, it's uh, you know, because the, those yards that are um, special needs yards. They get a lot more privileges. They get a lot more opportunities, like what you guys were saying that you guys went in there. I don't know what yard you went on, so I don't know if that's exactly true, uh, whether you're on a main line yard or not, but that's usually what happens in those types of places. It is, uh, so much of it has to do with environment, you know, like you say, we do different yeah. environments, different rules, different, but you back, no? oh, yeah, yeah. When we come back to the entrepreneurial end of it, I think a lot of that too is environmental and you've, taken through all your experiences some great tools you've talked about some practical tools like a driver's license but also some really um uh, abstract tools like leadership skills and decision making skills uh as you get ready and maybe this is kind of a good place to wind down the discussion it, as you get ready to go out and start your own venture you're going to start your own business what are the top tools you believe needs well, you have to have a plan, first thing. Uh, you know, and a dream, and um, you have to sacrifice. You know, the, it's the, 
it's not easy. It's not, I mean, I'm not even nowhere near considered an entrepreneur. I even got a business yet, but I'm like, on my grind. I'm like, you know, at the same time, it's hard for me because I've only, like, I feel like I'm a six-year-old, you know, I've only been, changed my life five, six years ago. So everything I'm doing is brand new. So at the same time, I'm trying to learn and still have fun and experience life and trying to save money. And it's, it's a lot of work. But, well, uh, I, I may not something. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I may not be an expert, but if you're on a grind, you sound like an entrepreneur. You know, I think, I think you're already in an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and I'll tell you, well, the stuff I hear from top businessmen to people just getting started, it's all the same. You need a plan, you need a dream, you need some determination and you need sacrifice. Uh, you're there as far as the mindset goes. That's that's the majority of the battle. That's the hub most people will never get over. That's cool. Thank you. I never really thought about that, but now I'm going to feel better about myself now that you said that. I'm an entrepreneur. Jay, yeah. and you really should. There's no reason to sugarcoat that. I mean, like you've already set aside what some people that have been around for 35 years, and so they've been in the business world, let's call it uh, 15 years with where your age is at. And they don't have 15000 let alone $15 to their name. So from that aspect, being debt-free and having that, 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 that sets you apart far, far beyond that. Uh, from the standpoint that you realize, hey, I got to have a plan. Uh, that, that sits there and says, like, listen, I've got to put it down pen to paper. Because when you do approach a business um, person and you're looking for help, and guides and that that's going to again set you apart from people that have already had those advantages that you did not have so like you said you're five or six years old and you already get that so that is a trait that is a skill that you can it cannot be taught it, it, it is just inherent you cannot teach the grind and so you've got that like and you've already had your own businesses you know that every person that we met through the eit program and i'm, I'm assuming yourself you already know how to be a business person. You're looking to do it from a legal aspect. Yeah. And, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I've, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. If you like, put it like that. Like, yeah. You know, everything. That's a whole you know, legally, legally, too, you know, because I used to do yard sales and I used to sell stuff and sell stuff on eBay. And I, I used to clown around about it. I was like, the reason why I do this, even though I don't really need the money, is because I still have the hustle in me. It's still like, it's kind of like a, selling, you know, legal stuff that I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great. BD, what, what, what's your lasting thoughts here? Like, what, what would you like to round out with? You know, it's, uh, it's super, super special. It's not, it, it's, you know, what Jason's been a really special guest. We've done what 40 some odd tracks this year and Jason in, in my mind has been a super special guest um, really really warms my heart in a lot of ways and and hopefully we can get back to him hey Jason you know here's here's a deal I, I made I made a promise to you when I was there uh, in LA that we would we would make sure that you were on a podcast and a lot of people have let you down over the years and I didn't myself and Brandon and Doc did not want to be someone that let you down. And so hopefully we've delivered a little bit. The other, the other part is uh, we'd be glad to help you with your business, you know, because there, there are folks out there and you, but let me, let me give you an example. 
All right. I've got a friend who is a uh, five-year NFL guy who's made, I don't know, somewhere around $50 million. And, and he's struggling. And he, he partnered with some folks that, that uh, probably, well, let's just say they fucked him. And we would never do that. We would try to give you some guidance. And, and dude, you're on the right track, which is pretty awesome. And anytime that you have an opportunity or, or that we have an opportunity to put you on a voice to teach youngsters why, why to stay on the right track and why not and why to maybe listen to their parents, even though we're, uh, parents are all assholes. Yeah, I get it. Well, I, would love, I would love to do that. I've always wanted to do something like that, but like, um, you know, most of those things is like, uh, it's part of it. It's part of it, bro. And, and we're going to be friends for, we're, we're friends for life right now. And, uh, any which way that we can help you business wise or bring you back and, and I think there's some special opportunities that we can bring you back and, and talk to some youngsters out there, maybe even some parents. I mean, there's a lot of parents that need to know that uh, not every trophy is worthwhile of giving, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Doc, yeah, yeah. you? Well, I would, yeah, I, I, I'm going to echo what Brent said, and I, I would really like to, to hear um, how this plays out. And I think that hearing back from you, you, you have uh, contact information for Brent. Uh, you, you let us know how this goes in six months or when you get your, your business up and running. I'd love to hear a follow-up story. Hell yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be awesome. Absolutely. Brent, I, mean, I, really, I really appreciate you guys. This is my first time doing this. So I was really excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We look forward oh, cool, to hearing man. more of this story. This is a, uh, we're, we're fortunate. So really, Jason, super fortunate. Okay. The people that hear this love, message love, are. Yeah, I would love to share my my story anytime, man. I didn't go through all this shit not to uh, show people and help other people. You know what I mean? Hey, by the way, by the way, Jason, do, by the way, Jason, do you know? Uh, I was just talking to uh, Strauss, so Brandon earlier this uh, or this past weekend. I, I believe it was uh, Dateline had a a story about Angola. And uh, one of the guys on Dateline staff spent two days at Angola, mm. incarcerated. Okay. And I couldn't, I mean, it, just because it's relevant to us, you know, Brandon and I, in the last 30 days or so, but, but uh, I think these stories need to be told more, and sometimes they're not popular. And Brandon and I and Doc are, are all about, hey, let's make... There's some great human beings out there, which means you <laughs> and others. Yeah. So let, let's keep this going, man. I'm down. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, really appreciate it, Jason. And, uh, you know, if, if anyone uh, is looking to reach out or, you know, have a conversation, definitely hit us up. We've got a wealth of knowledge between Brent, Joseph, and myself and Jason. Like, really, Jason Shute has, is an unbelievable entrepreneur that was not afforded the, the same easy things that we see every day, but he did not let, make his past define his present. And that's, that's really the great thing. So again, my name is Brandon Strauss, also known as The Real Naked Agent, along with Dr. Joseph K. 
And Brent Duham. And we've got Jason Shoots, the number one Hollywood yeah. tour guide out in L.A. La La Land. We will see you <laughs> on the airwaves. You've been listening to Breaking Business Barriers. For more information or if you have a compelling story to tell, find us on Facebook at Open Media Source. <laughs>